What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle cough! Hey, behaves! All right. Ready to roll, baby. Ready to roll, Mr. YouTuber. Uh, recording this on a Wednesday. I'm a big YouTube guy. You a big YouTube guy, John? I, I am a I'm a huge YouTube guy. You know, who isn't now who that, isn't now that guy, guy is a YouTube guy. Uh, how many YouTube games do you do this year? Uh two. So you know, I mean basically so two, twenty. Yeah, exactly. Uh yeah, that's it was cool. I didn't watch one second, but I did see a clip that you posted. It was cool talking to Terry Francona. Yeah, I just do it for the for the social. Yeah. I'm a, I've always been a big Tito guy. Dude, he's the best. He's the man. How cool is he? The best, man. Yeah, I met him cool. a couple. I met him once before at an Arizona basketball game because he was sitting courtside right by the broadcast table. Yeah. I think it was an Arizona basketball game. I mean, it would have been. Uh, yeah, he's the best. He's a, he's always been a cool cat, you know? I, 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 I understand the Red Sox, and as we saw this week, I mean, they fired – Dombrowski, yeah. <laughs> they're nuts. I mean, they're they're a little crazy too. But the way that they did him dirty, you know, Terry, a, yeah. yeah. After some of the stuff that was going on in his personal life, and then linking it all when he left for a guy that, I guess, I mean, I don't think he he only won the two, and not the third one. I guess they've won four now. Shit, but your first World Series since fucking Babe Ruth, that, that was just that's never sat right with me, guy. And no, I, and, and especially been, because and I love those Red Sox teams. He's an all-time guy. Like, everybody in baseball respects him. Yeah, big know? time. So, well, it's shocking guy. that he goes to the Indians and they immediately start winning. No. You know? Are, now, are they going to make the playoffs this year? Good Probably question. Not. I mean, the last, so the last – they've been winning that division, like beating everybody's brains in for the last three years. Um, but, yeah. You, you mean, come for the football talk, we give you AL wildcard talk. That's right. <laughs> It's the, I'm glad there's a race out there. It's the only one. Well, I mean, there is a chance, really quick, that we could get a playing game between the A's and the Indians, right, to play the race. Is that possible if they finish with the same record? There's not yeah, a there's a chance breaker. the Rays don't make the play. I mean, there's a chance that the Indians and the A's both chase the Rays down. Well, how many more weeks do we got, guy? Isn't the season almost it's like over? we got 18 days. Okay. 
So between 15 and 16 games per team. The A's don't play a team. You guys can watch the whole Instagram video that I posted. But the A's don't play a team above 500 after Thursday. Gotcha. For the rest of the year, they play Wednesday the Astros, Thursday the Astros, and then they only play teams that are under 500 for the rest of the season for the last two-plus weeks. Well, I was at ABC the other day, and I got there in the fourth inning of the Astro game, and they had given up That's six right, ABC runs. television. Yeah, they had given up six home runs through three and a half innings, so it wasn't going well. They got their ass kicked. Do you know that ABC locally, they bought, like, the ABC, the Raider game on Monday night was simulcast. Like, the Raider game was on ABC and ESPN. And I'm like, well, are you guys going to do this for, like, when the Niners are on ABC? This is a no-brainer, right? He's like, yeah, probably. You're saying, so they can, the local ABC affiliate can take ESPN's broadcast and put it on ABC. Well, they can't take it. They have to purchase it. But the one thing Larry was telling me is, you know, 10 years ago. Larry Beal, for those of you. Larry Beal, yeah, you know, ESPN, SportsCenter. He had... It, the numbers used to be crazy, right? Like in 2005, because streaming didn't exist. Now with streaming, he's like with ESPN streaming, it's become so much cheaper. Now relative, it's, they might have had to pay 200 grand for the game, but the game just on ABC alone locally did like an eight. So it's you're like, yeah, fuck, we'll make our money back with our eyes closed. Sell a bunch it's of a, local ads. It's a no-brainer. So, I mean, businesses, there's a reason they like the Warriors, you know, in the finals, the Niners on Monday night, and the Raiders on Monday night. That was the highest-rated Monday night game, the second Monday night uh, part of the doubleheader, I think, in a long time. I, w- I wonder huge, how that – huge numbers. Wow. Um, I was going to say, I wonder how that works, because not all – like, the Bay Area ABC station is owned and operated by ABC. Yeah. Like, ABC doesn't – like, every, when you go to, you know, a smaller – part of the country that local abc affiliate is not necessarily owned and operated by actually abc but this like one south is Deco- like south dakota or something Pro- yeah i don't know exactly how it all works or what the distribution is right now so i but it makes God, it makes a ton of sense i know it's a no-brainer so for them like having a local team that's good really matters not just for the obvious reasons of coverage but like then there's that, a reason when people because go. you can't really do it unless they're on ESPN. <laughs> Middlecoff, Haberman, the Bay Area media, you guys all want the Raiders to go 0-16. Actually, you idiots, it's the polar opposite. We would like them to go 16-0 and and play in the fucking Super Bowl. It's great for business when teams win. Ask everyone in New England how the last 20 years have been. They would say, incredible. Ask Philly how the last 20 years of the Eagles being really good have been. It's been good for business. You know, like, people don't want shitty teams. It's not good for business. Well, Last night, know, you were at the Angel game. How many people were there? Not many. 35,000, <laughs> according to the box score. Well, so th- they would argue, well, we haven't sold. But you know what I mean. Yeah, the concession no, stands I, are hurt. Yeah, I think baseball probably relies on your nightly attendance the, the least yeah. for its revenue versus, like, we've talked about this with basketball or football, fewer games, fewer seats, whatever. Um, but, you know, I'll say it again in response to those tweets um before the raiders were really bad in our in i'm just talking in for you and me in our bay area media careers the amount of time i came to the barry at the end of 20 we're both from davis northern california but i started working in the bay area at the end of 2012 you started working in the bay area at the beginning we're really the end of 2013 yeah and in that amount of time, the moved Raiders... The, I moved here in the summer of 12, I think. You moved here in the summer of 12? Because I was... When I scouted, I thought it was I lived before here. that. 
whenever I came back. Oh, from maybe Philly. not then. Yeah, maybe it was then, summer of eleven. I, I don't remember. It's pretty crazy. You yeah. moved here the summer of twelve, and then I moved at the end of twelve, five blocks away. I know. It was wild. It's the good old days before you <laughs> yeah. moved out of the city. Does, doesn't that feel like twenty years ago when you first got here? It is kind of nuts. Yeah. But anyway, so like at that point in time, the Niners got good with Harbaugh. Yeah. Uh, and the Raiders were largely, uh, well, not good. But then the Niners got terrible and the Raiders got good. And at that point in time now, now we're into our era. We were on the radio. Uh, the Niners stopped. We were good while we were on the radio. Got awful while we were on the radio. Harbaugh at that was same time, uh, mutually departed. That's right. And they got annihilated on a daily basis for it. Like 24-7 nonstop everybody that talked about him it was nobody gave the organization the benefit of the doubt when it came to Harbaugh not a soul and Harbaugh's clearly nuts but nobody said Jay man look Harbaugh isn't crazy this is good for the big picture you just got to move on nobody has any lasting relationships with Harbaugh there wasn't one person that said firing Harbaugh was a good idea one out one fan it was universal media fans it was a war zone people forget that People, so the Raiders were good, and at that point in time, the Raiders were on the move. Jack Del Rio had improved, kind of the perception, just the professionalism. Well, the Raiders were good. You're, you're jumping a little bit. They were 0 and 10 one year, Derek's first year, and then that was bad. And, and they received criticism for that, but we had fun with it. Um, then Jack Del Rio takes over. The professionalism of the organization, the football operations, elevates. Reggie McKenzie's nailing draft picks. It seems. Derek Carr is a future star. And we're talking about the Raiders like they are. They, how do their triplets compare to Irvin, Aikman, and Emmett Smith? Yeah, and, you and I were broadcasting at Raiders training camp one day when Alden gets cut from the 49ers as Michael Crabtree walks by us. And we tell him, like, bro, Michael or Alden Smith just got cut. And I vividly remember him. We were with Neal, right? Yeah, him. Crabtree was like, what? I just remember Crabtree's face like that was crazy. And what, like two weeks later, Alden Smith was on the Raiders? It, it was a crazy little stretch. It's actually mellowed out way too much the last couple of years. And and through we, all we, of that, we you go lives. through it. We were Middlecoff was still getting media credentials to both teams. Uh, and then and, and then the Niners. I don't I don't know where they are right now, but that's continued to be a you know professional relationship. And the only reason I keep bringing this up is because it keeps getting brought up to us. Like I know people never stop bringing it up. But the, Ra- but this well, the Raiders idea- fans, just the kind of their ethos is the short end of the stick, and it, it's it's symbolic with this area. Not everybody, though. Not everybody. no, not everyone. Not but that's I'm you, talking the just verbal, about, just about the, Twitter. The, yeah, yeah. I mean, there because, is chip on your shoulder when you're from Oakland. There just is. It's just well, and it, I also just, just think when you're the most emotional about it, you're the one that says something. So you feel yeah. like you only hear from the people that are mad because well, th- that is what happens. It's nobody ever fucking calls the airline to say like, hey, I had a great flight. Just want to let you guys know. Yeah, hey, so, Legion. You know, just most incredible three hour experience of my life. Yeah. United, keep on doing you. Nothing great happened, but nothing bad happened, and we were on time, and you know, it was cool. Yeah. So. So whatever, like I take that with a grain of salt. But then when you start getting like a little bit more of the no one's there, why do they hate them? And so um, would show up in the locker room and all that stuff. That stuff bugs me because it ignores the reality of like, hey, let's treat this like the professional sport that it is. So anyway, um, 
That said, we haven't mentioned the ads, and I want to get to how great Monday night was because we both thoroughly enjoyed it, and we're going to talk about some other stuff, so let's do that. Unless you okay. have something else to say there. Well, no, let's do it. I'm ready. We'll probably have to readdress it in two pause. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Ease and Ooh. Ease Wellness. That's Ease.com, E-A-Z-E, and EaseWellness.com. Promo code HAM. That's the key. Tell all your friends, grassroots, literally, figuratively, Ease.com, promo code HAM. They deliver to your house. Go on uh, online if you want to get vapes, you want to get pre-rolls, you want to get edibles, uh, you want to get whatever you need. Just go to Ease.com, check out the menu, and they'll deliver anywhere in California. And there's certain places like Portland. I think they're infiltrating Arizona. Also, EaseWellness.com, guy. CBD. CBD's taking over the world. It's It's saving lives. EaseWellness.com, everything you need. Drops, uppers, you know, to make you feel better. Downers to help you sleep. Doggy treats, bath bombs, they have it all. And unlike Ease, that is mainly California-based, for our listeners that are in different parts of the country, they'll del- drop shipment. It'll be there in three days. EaseWellness.com, promo code HAM. You get $20 off your first purchase. It- it's pretty hard to beat, guy. I, I don't think it's beatable. <laughs> tell your friends, tell your friends. It's what we always say. Uh, I think Ease has been such a long supporter of this pod that a lot of people have been using it that listen, but we get new people every day. So if you haven't used it, use it. If you have used it, tell your friends. Share the promo code. Everyone loves a good promo code. Ham is that promo code. Now, also brought to you by mybookie.ag. The promo code is ham and the numeral one. Ham and the numeral one. Um, Thursday night, John, you got Panthers, Bucks. If you're a Niner fan, you just film studied the Bucks, so you know what to do with them. Yeah. Uh, so Mitch, we'll get to the Dolphins line in a second, but mybookie.ag promo code HAM1 right now. I, I was texting with our buddy at Oklahoma yesterday, and I was like, hey, Drew, if I fly down to UCLA on Saturday, can I get field passes? And he's like, eh, it might be a little late. And I was just like, should I go down there? Mainly just because I want to place like a $1,000 bet on Oklahoma and watch them kick the shit out of UCLA. And I just checked. It's a 23-point line. Not quite as big as – or it's bigger than the line we'll talk about here in a minute with New England and Miami, which is crazy. 18.5 points in the NFL. Like 23-point lines in college football, right, is not that nuts. Even though – I don't know about you guys. I love that. I think Oklahoma is going to destroy them. Because if you remember last year – that game, it's easy for Lincoln, despite being 2-0. Like, they gave him somewhat of a game. Remember, it was a lot closer. Well, they drove right down the thought. field on the first drive. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I, I think they're going to come out here and try to make a statement. And if you, I watch some of Jalen Hurts. This is my bet of the week. Oklahoma covers the 23, bloodbath. Jalen Hurts, guy, after Army. Or they didn't just play Army. Who, who did they just play? South Dakota State. I don't even know what the score Michigan was. Michigan just but, played Army. They yeah, played, Michigan uh, played Army. I guess Jalen Hurts went to the weight room after the game. Yeah. Uh, and just got a pump in, so I love that. And Can I tell you something about that game before you move on? Um, yeah. You know sure. what I think is really underrated about that game? Which one? Oklahoma. Uh, oh, no. What is it? <laughs> uh, how often do those players get to play on the West Coast, specifically in Los Angeles? Like, uh, they don't. No, I mean, yeah. So, I, I, I don't mean, know. Oklahoma, I, it's not Oklahoma even about... did play in the Rose Bowl. Was it last year against... I mean, it just because no. Last year was Ohio State, and the year before that was Penn State. 
No, but I'm saying what I'm saying the Rose Bowl when it's the playoff Rose Bowl. Remember, because there was a double Rose Bowl within the last couple of years. Oh yeah, you know, I, no, no, and that's fine. Yeah. I'm just it's you're not right. even it's, about like. But to me, like if you're a player, it's, it's very been a, cool. Like that seems like like in terms of media, it's like oh they were there two years ago. That, two years a long time ago. Even if you were there, you probably had a blast. If you weren't, it and it's not even about like oh we got some guys that are from L.A. and they want to show out for the hometown. It's just like I bet it's pretty sweet for them to just go to L.A. Well, th- play in the Rose I bet, Bowl. Well, I bet if you went down the guys that play for Oklahoma, like actual on the field, the last two games, like their rotation right now, wouldn't you imagine the majority are from Texas, Florida, Oklahoma, East? Yeah. You know, Florida, just that area. So, yeah, 100%. It's a very, very cool game. The Thursday game, uh, you know, it's a pretty rough first first official. Like, I, I, I don't count last week, Thursday Night Football, do you? Like to me, Thursday night football game is when you only get three Do days I rest. Count it. I mean, yeah, I count it, but but I, but it it's not feel like the, the same. Yeah, it's not the season Thursday night where guys just play on Sunday. It's pretty bad, and the only way you can watch is probably to gamble on it. And I, here's another game, guy. I kind of like the Buccaneers because I think this is going to be one of those. Everyone just thinks the Bucks suck. Everyone thinks the Bucks suck. They're getting seven points. It's not. I mean, I I don't know how far the flight is from Tampa to Carolina, but it can't be long. I'd imagine an hour. Uh, yeah. You know, I they don't have a great East Coast geography lesson, but I like I like Tampa Bay plus seven, but the okay. craziest line of them all, and we, I, I I think we both feel the lock of the year Miami plus eighteen and a half. Well, that's crazy. okay. So let's talk about this because this is what everybody's year, lock talking of the year about. strong. Like I think you, you've been looking at it. I somebody's brought it up to me on Tuesday. Like the Dolphins are going to get their ass kicked. Here, here's my let me lay it out for you, and then I'll tell you why I'm not. I don't feel great about it because it's still the Dolphins. But yeah, lock of the year, wrong word. <laughs> but 19 and a half points to the NFL. Like you said, Oklahoma and UCLA, to me, have a bigger gap, well, I don't know, than the Dolphins and the, and the Pats. The, the point is, 19 and a half in the NFL is nutty when you consider sure, the Pats just beat the shit out of the Steelers. I don't care how locked in Bill gets you. You're just not quite as locked in for that. And even if you are, that to me just says there's got to be a ton of public money just because they just watched this team beat the shit out of the Steelers. And then you watch the Dolphins look as bad as you can look. So on one hand, a team looked as terrible as they could look. The other hand, a team looked as good as anyone looked. Then you factor in that the Dolphins staff has a bunch of guys that have coached with the Patriots, so they should know them as well as anybody. Um at one point in time win. in the first half, at one point in time, guy, in the first half, Ravens at, at Miami, it was 42-3 to three in the first half of an NFL so game. This was this is why I stopped you when you said lock the year, and I know you took it back, so you what's don't the most? What I'd be fascinated, what's the most points in the history of the NFL that's ever been scored in the first half of a game? They, they, 50 it seems like a lot. I, 42 has to be in the discussion, it's right? Got, it does, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you could make the argument, my favorite Maya Angelou, somebody shows you who they are, believe them, don't overthink it, the Pats looked incredible, the Dolphins looked awful, the Dolphins are awful, the Pats are incredible, but I just go back to 19.5 points, like last year it was 17.5 Bills Vikings or whatever, I think it was 17.5 and, and the Bills won the game when they were 17.5 or something in that range underdogs, I don't know, how was Kirk Cousins ever a 17 point favorite, like Tom Brady should be a 17 point favorite, but it's just weird. And then you got the A-B stuff, and they're trying to work him in. And I don't know, man. I, 19 and a half is – I would not feel – if I – I wouldn't touch it. If I had to, though, I would I, – I, I, I got 18 and a half right Okay. Here. 18 and a half. But it did open – here's the other thing. 
it didn't open as basically a three-score game. It opened at 14.5. So people have hammered it. And typically the way the lines change are big money people hammer it. Right? Like if John Middlecoff puts $100 on the game, the line doesn't change. People are putting five-figure bets on the Patriots at 14.5. Because 14.5, you go, that's not that crazy, right? They could easily win 30-7 to or something. But 18.5 is pretty absurd. Like, is Miami really going to lose the first two weeks 50-10 to and 40-0? to Like, are they are they going to start with a point differential of, like, negative 90 through <laughs> after September 15th? Like, that's... It's getting kind of crazy. Now, the elephant in the room with this team, you don't have this option in the NFL. We did this last year. Like, the Raiders and the Niners need to tank, like, in November. When you start talking about tanking in August for an NFL team, like, these guys are tanking, I, I, I think that's where people are looking at this Miami team. Like, it's they're trying to be historically shitty. You know, they yeah. trade their best player right before the, the season. And last year when Mack was traded... He was holding out. It was kind of clear the Raiders weren't going to be able to get to that number. It was understandable. You know, the, the God, what's the Godfather line? Well, just make him an offer he can't refuse. Like, you could make Bill O'Brien an offer he could refuse right now on Hopkins, right? You could offer him three ones. He's not going to give you to it. Like, he's keeping right. it. You could offer Belichick two ones for Brady. Eh, he might trade you. <laughs> That's probably a bad example. But, like, what, you, what would you have to offer Howie to get it? Like, would Howie, honest to God question, Seven ones right now for once. He's like, well, no. I have Carson Wentz. So there, there's like, yeah, they offered two ones and a two, but fucking Laramie Tunzel was their best player and a guy they drafted and a high character guy. Besides, now, if you, you told know. Howie, Trevor Lawrence, you can have him right now, you give up Wentz. He might do that, but there's, but that's not how picks work. You don't have any clue but, that in but, two years you're going to get Trevor Lawrence. And I do think he could take a step back and go, the likelihood that Trevor Lawrence ever is as good as Carson Wentz, I got news for you, is probably well below 50%. So, right. now I get it's a little different with non-quarterbacks. I'm, I'm giving you quarterback examples. But I think we could pick, like, you could call up the the L.A. Rams for Aaron Donald or, you know, call up the Chicago Bears for Khalil Mack. If you offered three ones right now for Aaron Donald, would the Rams give them to you? I'd say no. They who who's offering somebody that drafts high? Uh, the Dolphins. I think I'd do that, John. But do you think they would do that if the Dolphins? No, I don't. Right I, now? That one made me stop, though. That's all I'm saying. You made me. Yeah, think. I'm not saying you don't think about it. We're not, you know, we're not being negligent here. But you know, this team's trying to lose. Now the difference is what's unique about this game is their their head coach is a Belichick guy, so they do know these guys. It's just, I mean, guy, there's there's not a line, even in the double digits. The next highest line is, uh, never mind. This this line is a little absurd. The Cardinals at the Ravens again. MyBookie.ag promo code Ham One. Get your gamble on. Some of these lines are just absurd. I I think the value on anyone getting double digit points this early in the season, you take the double digit points. I, I think Sharps would tell you that. Like that's that's the value. And if you've just watched the NFL. Why gambling on the NFL is so difficult. Like, why gambling on college is difficult? Because the spreads are so fucking huge. Yeah. It's not like Alabama's ever going to lose in New Mexico State, but as you told me, the line was 54 and a half, and they won by 54. It's like, I just wouldn't touch it. It's like, why don't you bet on 
the NCAA tournament. But yeah, th- when you take the number one seed in that opening game, there you know Duke's usually given thirty points. It's like it's just that you get a couple of like blind yeah, three pointers. Some, some at the John end. Middlecoff hits a three at the end of the game for his first career points, and all of a sudden it's twenty-seven. But I you just rattle off the games like Cowboys Redskins, like Jacksonville Houston, Seattle Pittsburgh. I just list you th- six teams. I mean, all six of them could win the game. You just go through the list like that. That's the NFL. That's why the lines are typically smaller. They're already a little out of control. Like the, I got news for you, the Cardinals. I hate I hate Vance Joseph, not as a human, but as a coach. Cliff Kingsbury, I'm not really into him. I actually, am as a guy, son of a Navy SEAL, Vietnam, Vietnam vet, so I, I like what he stands for. Just not really into the style of offense. But I, Kyler Murray's a ta- very talented player. Like at any moment, he could just throw a couple bombs and get you back in the game. Like you just saw it against the Lions, who the Lions at the end of the day aren't super shitty. I mean, they're not good, but their roster is not bottom five roster in the league. And he just made some plays. You know why? Because he just, he's like the craziest athlete we've ever seen. And he's a crazy athlete with a great arm that can make some plays. So at the end of the day, I like the, I like, I'm going to take the Dolphins. As crazy as that sounds. I'm a crazy, I'm a crazy dude. We're in agreement. Now that, again, that said, I was awful last week. So do with that what you will. Um, you do like Oklahoma, though. I, not I to, do. obviously to win, but to kill them. I do like Oklahoma. It was getting. I, I Coward showed a little bit of chips press conference, like on the side of practice. Not testy, but it's getting a little like he's getting some questions, like what's going on. Oh, interesting. And he 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 used the analogy of like when the tree starts to die, do you just rip the root out or do you keep watering it and see if it'll grow? Like, okay, Chip. Good oh, luck. Chip with said that, that or Colin said that. No, Chip. How about rats running to the top of the Titanic? Wasn't that someone else? Yeah, Jeremy Pruitt. Tennessee. My thing would be like, how the fuck did the rats get on the boat? Why are the rats on the boat? Jeremy, you lost to Georgia Southern. Like at the end of the day, UCLA has lost to, who'd they play week one? Cincy. Yeah. Somebody made the, I I heard somebody make the point like that. I I didn't watch any of Tennessee BYU. I, I heard a couple people saying that Tennessee actually played really well in that game. And it was a good. Made, it was a good. It was a good game. It just yeah, made, it would just made some the Georgia State loss just made the BYU loss worse. Which yeah. Well, think about this: if they beat Georgia State by twenty week one and then lose a heartbreaker to BYU, I think it was an overtime. Not even that big a deal. Right. Maybe it was like at the last play of the game or whatever. It's really not a big deal at all. Uh, Antonio Brown, John. Jesus Christ, guy. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty incredible. Now, this one you told me I didn't realize that this one had started to trickle out. He's been accused of uh, sexual assault. Uh, by a former um, trainer, I think, but somebody he knew back to col- back in college. Yeah, uh, I, not a Raiders trainer. I, I no, tried no, no. to figure out the details on this. I'm still kind of confused. Not a Raiders from what trainer. I read, somebody he knew from college, but also did like does she do personal training or something? Not exactly sure. Um, but Belichick said when, he practiced on Wednesday for the Patriots, so he's almost to his number of Raiders practices for New England, and he's been there three days, not even. Um, so does it sound like he's going to play? I mean, I don't, well, Rosenhaus went on get up or sports center this morning and was vehemently defending him saying these are false. There's a civil class action lawsuit. You know, it's from years ago. It's not like it happened recently, right? It's happening. She's accusing him for something that happened years ago. That they're going to fight it. Did Belichick, Rap sheet tweeted that they didn't know, though I'm pretty sure it made its rounds on uh, on Twitter. This was an interesting tweet from Schefter. I, I don't know about you, guy. I'm exhausted of Antonio Brown. 
Like, either fucking play or don't play. I'm just tired of reading these stories about you. I don't give a fuck anymore. Just, if this is true, he should go to jail. Like, I mean, like any normal person that thinks about sexual assault. If whoever did it, he should go to jail. She makes it up, she should go to jail. As we know, she never goes to jail. Only he potentially does. And more than likely, he won't. Antonio Brown's former trainer, Brittany Taylor, who filed the sexual assault lawsuit this shifter against her former client Tuesday, is willing and planning to meet with the NFL next week which is as soon as she can, sources tell ESPN. First, Taylor is getting married. Like, that's a pretty normal week. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, I'm just, I, I'm Antonio Browned out. Like, I, I I get Belichick likes him as a player, but I wonder if he truly didn't know about this, and I'd be shocked. Uh, but it's one thing if you know about it, and then it comes out, and it becomes such a big deal. Now, again, he's been around so long, he would know once it gets tweeted out. Antonio Brown is being accused of sexual assault. That's going to be a big-ass story. Uh, I, I, I probably wouldn't be in the Antonio Brown business. And someone tweeted out the language of the contract. They can get out right now for nothing because of you know this. Obviously, the picks that they gave up for him, they can't get back. The Raiders. Didn't cost him any money. Are, should they, are they happy today that he's gone? Like, Are they happy today that he didn't then show up after the second after the second fine and just operate normally. Well, again, they, I, they, they've known about this for a minute. They yeah, would I'm just not saying, like right now today, this. Wednesday, are they yes. happy that Antonio Brown's not on the team? Cause I'll tell you this, we'll get to their game, but I we went one, one area where I, I was clearly wrong about them Monday night was I thought they'd be affected in the same way they were affected. I think by Khalil Mack's sudden departure last year. And then the weirdness with Amari clearly they were not. I watched them thinking, are they playing kind of galvanized and relieved that Antonio Brown is not on their team anymore? Derek touched on that specific point after the game. He said, to be honest, this had no feel like Khalil Mack, which he basically said was devastating. Which makes total sense. Yeah, I mean, that was a major gut punch. This was, he didn't say this because he's not a dick and he kept trying to praise Antonio, this felt like a weight lifted off their shoulder. Not this specific story, but just getting fucking Antonio Brown out of there. Yeah. I, I just... I wonder if you're some guys on the Patriots, let's say like a McCourty or Slater, and you've seen so much in your career, players in and out, but just this polarizing of a player, clearly their team, without Antonio Brown, was the heavy favorites after week one. You watched them play. One, they're just grandfathered in to be in the favorites every single year, right? The Patriots are going to be the favorites when week one starts. Then you watch them and you go, Jesus Christ, is this their best team ever? <laughs> that, that's what people have been saying. Is this their most complete team? Offense and defense combined. And then they add this guy. I think you could take a step back. There has to be a couple guys in the locker room that are going to get asked about this. that go, why did we do this? We just, we didn't need this. Nikhil's going to come back. But even if Nikhil didn't come back, we didn't need him. Now, Belichick doesn't operate like that. And I, I just I, – I wonder how long Bill's going to put up with just the story of just such a pain in his fucking ass, you know? It's just a pain because yeah. Bill's the only guy in that organization that talks. He got blasted. I watched the press conference this morning. Beside acting like the Miami Dolphins were the 1972 Miami Dolphins, not the 2019 Miami Dolphins. If you listen to him talk about the Dolphins guy – you would think they're a 10-win team. But then every question to Bill Belichick before he walked off the podium, every single question was about Antonio Brown. 
And obviously, after he got done with... He, so he opens up his press conference, Miami Dolphins. Then he goes, on Antonio Brown, we've released a statement. They've released a statement. That's classic Bill, right? I, I don't have any more information for you. No one in that room gives a shit that Bill just said that. Everything's asked. And the only question he answered was... Someone asked him, will he practice today? And then Bill said yes. And then there's been video. He was at practice. One thing that's interesting is Ben Watson, who's been in the league since like we were kids, wears 84. And Antonio at practice today was wearing number one. So to me, if you wanted to read into that, you're like, well, even if he's trying to buy the number off Ben, I wonder if Bill would be like, let's just wait on this. Yeah. Antonio, you just wear some fucking random And if you're Ben, you're like, no, no, I'll sell it to him right now because I think I'm going to get it back in three weeks. <laughs> yeah, you, you're telling me I can get now, That ROI now. is incredible. <laughs> Talk about flipping a house. I can get 100 grand today in my Venmo. Maybe when you're super rich, the Venmo uh, numbers are higher. Venmo, you can yeah, you get like transfer. a verified Venmo account. Yeah, yeah PayPal. And then I'm going to get 84 back in a month anyway. Yeah, a month? Guy, he might not make it till Sunday. So you give me yeah. 100 grand a day, you get to wear it for a couple practices. Turns out all you sold was the practice jersey number, not the game jersey number. And think about this if you're Ben. You get the money. He's cut Saturday. And you know how they do it. They just they just give all his shit and he's just out of there. And you just delete his number because he'd probably want the money back. You just delete the number. Hey, man, let me get 50 back. Yeah, 50 now and 50 at the end of the year. Do you think it's their most complete team, by the way? Because I have a hard time with, like, Gronk was such a freak show mismatch in his prime that maybe you're deeper in other spots, but he was just so unique, man. Their team... My second year in Philly, they played us. They ended up going to the Super Bowl that year. They lost to uh, to the Giants the second time. It was pretty fucking good. They had a young Gronk, who I think had 15 touchdowns. They had this guy who's now dead, and he murdered some people named Aaron Hernandez. But just as a football player, Aaron Hernandez was unreal. They had this slot receiver named Wes Welker. I don't know if you remember him. He's, he was pretty good as a player. And like Brady in his peak Brady. 49ers coach, Wes Wilkins. Yeah, 2011. That team was really, really, really good. I mean, that team was stacked, guy. And they had Bill O'Brien. And then remember, Bill ended up taking the Penn State job. But And then Josh McDaniels came in during the Super Bowl. I, I, I'd have to think who their defense was. It was like Brandon Spikes, Mayo. Their defense might not have been as good as this defense. But that offense, young Gronk. Super, super young uh, Edelman, who's a role player. Welker was his guy over him and Brady. Like, that's that's pretty good. So, yeah. that they've Guys, some of their teams that have lost. I, I wonder if Belichick would tell you this over beers. Like, our two teams that have lost in the Super Bowls, I guess they've had a couple. Lo- they lost to the Eagles, too. But I don't know if that team that lost to the Eagles was as good as uh, definitely seven, 2007. They didn't lose a game. And then 2011, I don't know what their record was, but it had to be pretty fucking good. Probably 13-3 and three or something. I mean, guy, can you imagine just being a Patriot fan? Well, I mean, we're just praying like the Niners or Raiders like, are in the playoff mix. The playoff, they're like playoff mix. I mean, number one seeds. That's what we host playoff games. That's You know for a fact if you're a Patriot fan, you're going to host playoff games. Think about that. Make the playoffs. We host games. That's got to be just a pretty incredible feeling. By the way, I just saw that uh, Hunter Henry suffered a tibia plateau fracture in his left knee. What does that mean? That uh, sounds bad, John. Tibia plateau fracture? Take that's out the word pretty, plateau, and that's a leg break. Yeah, that's a pretty big injury. That guy's good. Now, the Chargers, they lost Erwin James. It's not official till Stephen A. speaks on it. 
They lost Erwin James. They lost Hunter Henry. Okun has blood clots that Melvin Gordon refuses to show up. I'm I'm getting a little lukewarm. Could the Raiders supplant them, guy? You're talking about for what? The second best team in the division? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, they could. Let's get to that, actually, uh, in a little bit. Actually, let's get to DraftKings. Okay. Somebody told us about this slide rule thing. Have you figured it out yet? No. Yeah, I don't think it exists for me. So I don't know if you got to be a verified DraftKings user, but I there's no part of the problem. We've had people ask me. I got a new game going. I have it pinned to the top of my page. Uh, right now we got 48 people. We got 102 slots. The reason the last week's game didn't go on, as we've said, is because if you don't get the max amount of slots, like we have to get 150 people or this game won't happen. And someone, I guess, tweeted at me and you saying there's a rule. You can change a setting where – however many people get in, that will be the game. But right now, I got 150 slots. We got over 100 people still able to get in. Get in the DraftKings game, download the app, promo code HAM, get involved. I plan on winning it. It's winner take all, so the winner will get 1350. I didn't mean to do that, but it makes it a little more, a little juicier. You can play our game. You can play the one-day fantasy football, which is awesome, like Thursday night football. Play the one-day if you want. Uh, or the single game that that matchup, but it's all one day, obviously. Although this includes Monday, is our contest Monday and Tuesday. I mean, uh, ours, is, ours, is, ours is just Sunday. Just Sunday. All right. If you said that, I'm sorry I missed it. Here's the deal DraftKings gives new users a free shot at $2 million in prizes with your first deposit when you use the promo code HAM during sign up. Draft your lineup. Feel the sweat like never before. Every run, every throw, every catch means more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. Plus, all new existing users get a deposit bonus up to $500. That's some extra cash to play with the football season. Download the DraftKings app. You got it. I got it. A lot of people listening got it. Use the promo code HAM for a limited time. Both new and existing users get a deposit bonus up to $500, like I said. New users don't miss the extra special week one bonus. Enter my code HAM to get a free shot at $2 million guy in prizes with your first deposit. That's code HAM, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus requires a 25-time playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, John. Do you have... So, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, week one, we talked about the game. He was not impressive. Defensive line was. But uh, chicks don't dig the defensive line. They dig the quarterback. And uh, more than what the chicks dig, Kyle Shanahan is who's important here. So, was this yesterday or was this Wednesday? This was yesterday. That Mike, Mike Silver, Silver, yep, want me to goes bring on up? his network, NFL Network, Davis, California resident Mike Silver, and says, uh, "Go ahead, you set it up." Richard Sherman playing a monster game, and you saw the impact already with Nick Bosa and D Ford now teaming with DeForest Buckner. They've got a lot to be happy about. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, you saw the touchdown. He also threw a pick six. Um, you know, rough moments in the preseason he's coming back from the knee injury guys keep an eye on this uh nick mullins is kyle shanahan's type of quarterback what he is almost a savant when it comes to understanding the offense he really really uh executes it in a way that kyle shanahan likes if jimmy garoppolo struggles or continues to struggle and they're either losing or he's not playing well or both I don't think it's that far-fetched that they could make a quarterback switch earlier than some people might imagine. Well, it's great to see. That's crazy. I'm, I'm speechless. 
That's insane. If that happens this year, even if Jimmy struggles, Kyle, the the stink on Kyle would be strong. There's no way around it. It it would. It it would impact Kyle and his, uh, he doesn't have a legacy, but his, the way he's talked about, his status. Again, Jimmy sucking would impact Jimmy. We wouldn't think Jimmy's that good anymore. But like, Kyle, you get paid $7.5 million to coach this player. We've seen this player be good. So if he's struggling, and you go to Nick fucking Mullins, and again, I'm pro Nick Mullins, relative to C.J. Beathard. But on Nick Mullins' best day, he's still not better than the Jimmy on his worst day. So Well, I don't know about that, but... Yeah, okay. Because Jimmy's, be worst, day. <laughs> Jimmy's worst day. Jimmy's worst day Jimmy's worst day. Yeah. But here's the thing, guy. You just... This even being talked about, Silver's not just pulling this out of his ass. He knows the Shanahan family. We've already talked about it was clear that Kyle had to be down on Jimmy after the preseason. But, and in fairness to what Silver's saying, like Jimmy just had a shitty game. He wasn't good. And if they had played a good team, they would have lost. You know? And I think Jimmy would probably tell you that. Like he wasn't good. So he's got to get better. And it starts this week. And I got news for you. The Bengals, which, I, you know what was crazy when the season started? We went, you got to beat the ba- you got to beat the Bucks because then you're going to be able to beat the Bengals. You'll be 2-0. Well, I think it's pretty clear that the Bengals are better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Especially, like, is it crazy that by Thursday night, Carolina's kicking the shit out of them? Even though I said I'd take the Bucs, but you never know. Uh, and all of a sudden, the Bengals, who easily could have won that game in Seattle, guy. Easily. I mean, had a chance. They Late in the game, down, they were down four points. It was 21-17. They were at, like, the five-yard line. They just couldn't, they couldn't get it in the end zone. They ended up kicking a field goal, 20-21. to That was ended up being the final score. But it was there to be had. Now, one of the touchdowns, one of the John Ross, like the long John Ross bomb, was yeah. the end of the first half. And the guy well, just tried to high point it. So it was. But to me, you you go to Seattle and don't get your ass kicked just to start with? Like, I'm impressed. Guy, they, no, they were shoving Seattle around. So, yeah. I mean, they are. They're physical. Their front four is good. They're, they have, I mean, Joe Mixon, Giovanni Bernard, John Ross. They got some weapons. Say what you want. I, I was thinking this watching them. Would Kyle rather have Andy Dalton than Jimmy? Like, Andy Dalton is Kyle's type quarterback. And running that system for Zach Taylor, who's a pretty impressive guy, he looked pretty good. But you can't, like, you paid this guy way too much money. You're Unless he gets hurt, you, the ship's going down. As you said, Jeremy Pruitt said, the Titanic will sink and Jimmy will be driving the boat. Or else, fucking, they'll be sh- like, Kyle, you're not Mr. – you're not your dad. Like, you don't get to – I mean, you do get to dictate stuff. But you don't have the equity around these parts where people people would turn on you fast, man. People are already a little like, what's going on? Well, look, yeah. let's start, not people, let's start with you and me. Because we have sung Kyle's praises at different points of this tenure. Because we believe, uh, well, first of all, we've talked to a number of people who play for him. We've read quotes from other people, right? But the level of, uh, um the level to which the people who have played for him talk about his offensive uh, knowledge is incredible. Now, we've also talked a lot about who's making player personnel decisions for a long time. But the one thing we always go back to is, but we know you're a great offensive coordinator. This, to me, this is too much too soon here from Mike Silver. Because like you told me before the podcast, is Mike Silver just connecting dots? Going like, you know, I mean, Nick Mullins was good and I wouldn't be shocked. Like that's not how good reporters operate. Good reporters don't take guesses. Good reporters not, and have not, not, and background not with a quarterback making Jimmy type money. 
And it's to me, it is crazy that this early in the season, as ba- as bad as he was in the preseason, and the fact that he wasn't particularly impressive during the Bucks, I don't think he was bad enough against the Bucks to even get close to warranting this conversation already existing. Especially because we've seen bits and pieces of Nick Mullins, and we've seen bits and pieces of Jimmy. And like you said, Jimmy's best is far better than Nick Mullins' best. And and I think it, what the reflection to me on Kyle would be like, dude. The fact that you're giving up on a guy whose ceiling is clearly higher so quickly and turning on a guy so quickly, are you ever going to be able to just settle on a player and just work through the inevitable ebbs and flows that come with just a season and a career? Jimmy Garoppolo has not played that much football. So for you, like I know they can get out of the contract after this year and on and on and on and on and on, but it's, it's week one and week two. Well, guy, the experience. To, to, to Ky- quote Eric Burns, it's week one. Well, guy, look at Jimmy or look at Kyle's experience. He had Matt Schaub. Then he goes to Cleveland and he hates everyone, but he has Brian Hoyer. Then he goes to Atlanta. He has Matt Ryan. When he was in Washington, they could not get rid of RG3 fast enough for Cousins. Like That's the type guy he wants, guy. He does not want this kind of live by the seat of your pants player. And then on top of that, when that player is shitty, He's going to extra hate him. Like, it's, it's pretty clear, guy. Kyle has a doghouse. And Kyle's doghouse, yeah. it's pretty difficult to get out of. It's, to me, that's been the most maybe illuminating thing of this Kyle Shanahan tenure is, like, when he's down on you, he's out. That's like, And that's where Jimmy, I think, is down a slippery slope right now. Like, for the, my DraftKings lineup, I'm just, I might just take Jimmy. Maybe I won't. But if I do, it would be based on he's just Please bound do. to have a good game. And I think he kind of knows, like, God, I got to play well. This motherfucker get rid of me. Yeah, I just – that's the other part of this is, like, I'm all for coaches challenging players and all that. But I don't know, man. It's – it's is this what Jimmy – this, does this help Jimmy succeed right you now? You know what this has – you know what Kyle has a feel like, too, right now? Remember when Gruden, the way people talked about Gruden for so long because he hadn't coached, he had just been out, and people were like, never forget – like, in Tampa, it can get weird with him. Like, he gets down on guys. He hates rookies. and Like, Kyle's kind of developing, if he doesn't win, a little bit of, an like, his resume, right? His talking points. Like, when you describe me Kyle Shanahan, you hit on a couple, you know, talking points. Like, he wants a robotic uh, a robotic quarterback. You know, when he, he's going to miss on draft picks, then he's going to hate him immediately, right? It's like his talking points are kind of getting set here. Now, this season, he has the opportunity to kind of shake some of them. But if it is a struggle, and I when I say a struggle, if they go anything less than 8-8, eight and eight, it feels like he's going to be miserable, and there's going to be some hate, and he's going to kind of blame people. And when I say people, I mean players. Yeah. I mean, and we saw It feels too early for this, but... Well, yeah, and that's... Like, I don't think this is must-win in Cincinnati, mainly because I kind of like the Bengals in this game. But I do think... I'm. This is a pretty big game for Kyle. Like, can you get Jimmy going? Can you you spend a week in Youngstown, Ohio? Can you guys remember the famous story about Eric Spolstra with Pat Riley during that uh, championship run when LeBron was wearing him out like year one, and Pat Riley just calls him up to his office, not his office, like they were on the road, might have been in the playoffs, like the second round, and they were down two one to the Pacers, and he Eric Spolstra walks into his suite, and Pat Riley was just sitting there with two chairs and an open bottle of wine. And he's like, we just sat there and cashed it. We didn't really say much. And he's going to relax me. And I, I do think there's something with Kyle. You're away. Like, hey, Kyle, 
maybe get out of the office because no one gives a shit how much you know, as Belichick would say. It's how much the players know. Maybe just go get a couple cocktails with Jimmy and just have like a heart-to-heart or something. I don't know if that's Kyle style, but you're a coach. You're, you're not the general man. This isn't like I, I was – I have zero emotional connection really to any players. And if I was like – whenever when I was in the league, if like I ever get to be a GM, be rootless, cutthroat. You can be that way when you're like a front office guy. As a yeah. coach, you – unless you're Belichick – there is a lot of human interaction, right? Like there is, when I just watched Drew Brees and Peyton, or when I was watching the Chiefs game on Sunday morning, and, you know, remember we used to crush McVay? I, I don't know if you did. I definitely did. And I was like, eh, because he, he went to the, uh, to the water cooler, you know, when the defense was on. And the more and more I watch football, like Andy was doing the same shit with Mahomes. Like every time, like, yeah, I mean, you pay your defensive coordinator, your quarterback's your most important guy. Like he's just always with Mahomes. And you just see Mahomes, he does the classic thing to Andy too, where he's always smiling at him, shaking his head and be like, yeah, my, my fault. <laughs> but there is, if you ask Mahomes right now or Drew Brees, how much confidence and how much rapport they have with their head coach, who's also their play caller, when you, they'd be like, it was really high. And that's an example of one super old guy and one super young guy. Like, if you had to guess, if, if me, you, and Jimmy were sitting there and we each poured a stiff drink, and we'd be like, is Kyle tough on you? And I don't mean tough like like Belichick being tough, but just where you feel like it's not safe at times. And when I say like safe, like, am I, is this guy going to fucking get rid of me? Thought like, we're in the trust tree, yeah. Yeah, it's one thing to be on pins and needles. Like when everyone describes the Patriots, that the first thing you learn right away, and it, there's been a million articles on this, the first time that every new player sees Brady get yelled at. It's like, oh, shit. That's everyone's line. Like, it keeps it. But I, Brady, Belichick still trusts him and goes to war with him and supports him at the highest possible level, externally. Maybe internally there have been moments. Like, I wonder if, you know, Kyle and Jimmy have like this, the relationship feels like it's getting a little weird. It's all I'm saying. And a lot of it's just because of Jimmy. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's look, because not as people, it's Jimmy's play. We we talk so much about what people do say about Kyle as an offensive coordinator, which is like he is Nostradamus when it comes to predicting what's going to happen. Well, we never talk about what – there's not a lot of like, dude, Kyle rallies the room. and You know, that's fine. Some coaches are better at one thing. Some coaches are better at another. But you need some of it. And I think the harder thing to replace is the rally the room. It Just in the sense that – if you're a head coach that's right out of the room guy, you can just hire an OC and hire a DC, and you don't have to be the guy that calls every play. Harbaugh. But it, yeah. Um, but you do have to be – you are managing personalities. Like, And this is where baseball we always talk about. You're 162 games. Like, You cannot just manage off the spreadsheet. You can't do it. So we, I'll tell you this story. We had the meeting with Terry Francona before the YouTube game on Tuesday. And we were talking about Puig. You know, did you see the other day Pui didn't run out a ground ball back to the pitcher? Did not even that. take a step towards he did not even take a step towards first base, John. He had to toward the dugout. Turn around and walk to the dugout. It was not a line drive. It bounced, pitcher picked it up, threw him out at first. Everyone's like, What? Like, I've never seen that before. Yeah. So what does Francona do? Freak out? No. Somebody else, one of the players goes up, Carlos Santana goes up to Puig, and it's like, you, dude, you got to run. And Puig after the game was like, that was stupid. Like, Puig owned it after the game. That was dumb. So what does Francona do? He just saw one of the players kind of get on him. So Francona tells the story. He's like, so I see him down there. I look down in the dugout, and he's sitting there with his head down. So I walk up to him, and I 
punch him in the chest. Like, I hit him really hard in the chest. He's like, and Puig kind of pops up like, is this dude about to fight me? And I just looked at him and said, you're fine, man. It's over. It's good. Don't worry about it. And he walked off. He's like, Puig has apologized to me seven times about that since. And I keep telling him, you're fine. You're fine. So take a step back. Puig infuriates everybody. Right? Like, you think about it. You're like, God, he must be so hard to manage. So Francona, understanding that, decides, I'm going to let a player handle it. I'm going to be the good cop in this situation. And you know, you think Jimmy doesn't know that he's been awful? Of course I don't he know does. Kyle, like that shot of Kyle getting on him the other day during the game. Like, I just don't know if that's what Jimmy needs. I don't know if that's what Jimmy needs right now. Well, I, isn't it fair to say it has to be more intimidating as Brady's backup like, just every day kind of walking on pins and needles. Because you're not a starter, so they can get rid of you at any moment. You see in your three and a half years, I mean, every day there's a guy getting cut. And just like, oh, it's Bill being Bill. Like, keep fucking, you better know these random quiz questions he's going to ask you. Like, who was the, the Patriots starting guard in 97? All the weird, like, there is no building, probably in sports history, definitely in modern day, that keeps you more on your toes than New England. Like, the, every player, even Tom, has talked about the standard that is held in that building. Like, as we know, the standard is not the same in Kyle Shanahan's building. I just watched them play. They had fucking 500 penalties. Belichick would have cut seven guys on Monday if that was the case. The, the, would you agree with this? If they would have the same game and had that many penalties and looked that sloppy, something would have happened with Bill? Like, that just is not acceptable. Like, they have bad games, but... When you say, I, what do you mean by something would have happened with Bill? Like, they just would have cut someone. It just done something. Like, Bill just does something. Like, he just... They have, like, there is consequences for actions. That's... Like, there's a reason shitty teams stay shitty, because they just, like, we're just going to coach this up. And then the same thing happens the next week, and nothing happens. Like, Bill immediately, like, you do something, he would have got rid of someone that would have caused that somehow. I don't know exactly, like, the specific thing he would have done, but he would have done something. Mm. And that's the reason why everyone in that building is always on edge. So Jimmy probably felt more pressure when he was the backup than now he does the starter. Now there is a lot of pressure on him as a starter because of the money aspect. And just when you're starting quarterbacks, there's just naturally a lot of pressure. But I, I think, like you say, like Kyle, to me, and I'm not like you can yell at a mid-game, emotions are high. I get it. Someone actually DM'd me or tweeted me saying the video that you pointed out that I ended up Instagramming, if you read Kyle's words, yeah, did you notice that he said, I'll pull you? And I, I looked. I couldn't tell because I tried to decipher. I couldn't decipher his words. Uh, all right, I gotta go You'll never be able to find it, but it doesn't matter. I, I, if he's saying that, that's absurd. And again, I'm not going to try to guess, but I, I don't think Jimmy is some sacred cow here. That's the That's the scary thing. And that's... The, and the Niners don't have Jerry Jones to go, you're not allowed to pull my $27 million court. If Kyle wanted to yeah. yank him, he could yank him. That's, and that's look, a in fact, fairness, right? Yeah. You agree with that? If Kyle, if Jimmy had a four-pick game against the Bengals, and Kyle goes, we're going to start Nick Mullins against the Steelers, I'm not saying the Jed would be happy about it or whatever, but Kyle would have the power to do it. Now, right. that could be his seminal moment where, Kyle, this might get you fired, buddy. Yeah. Uh, I think that we should add this. It is possible, and we've been talking about this for a while, really since the Bronco preseason game, and really before that when we just started talking about his contract, it is possible that Jimmy Garoppolo is not a great starting quarterback like you and I have thought for a few years he has a really good chance to be, right? That is possible. It is possible at the end of the day, Kyle is right that he's not good enough. That's possible. I, I, I think he even changed your verbiage there. I think huh. we, he's not a great player. To me, the question is, like, is he a high-level starter? 
You know, like there, because there's probably only a handful of super, like, yeah, quote okay. unquote, great fine. players. Fine. But I'm just saying, like, there's a chance that this, there's a chance that he deserves to be benched. That Kyle, through all the practices, all the meetings, everything he's seen, we've seen one game, goes, he is not, he is not the guy that we thought we signed. There's a chance that he's right about that. But like you said, when the replacement's Nick Mullins, who we've all seen, and like in the right context enough. He's an undrafted undra- free agent. I mean, it You can't start doing that week one, week two. You, you just, especially when Jimmy's has not played a lot of games, and if we just added up all the regular season games he's played for the Niners, more have been good than bad. That's the other part. If there were, as we, you know, the, the other quarterback we're going to talk about, if they were both, to the the they were both just free agents right now. Jimmy Garoppolo and Derek Carr were both available, and you know the teams that need quarterback from Tampa to Chicago and let's say the Bears were open to it and just whatever. How many of who would what teams would be? Okay, let me let me try to say this correctly. Who would be more heavily pursued? Would you say it'd be Carr? Just done it much longer, and we've seen his high end be higher. Yeah, I he, think that's. He's just, I think we he's just, I, just played a lot more. He yeah, had so I think much the, more film. Yeah, yeah. I think I, the last I, thing you said too. I I think people would view the high end as higher. Plus, I, I just think the experience, like the one thing that can't be denied, Jimmy, even to this point, has not played a full NFL season. Like Mitch Trubisky has played dramatically more games. So we were making our opinion based on Jimmy our the opinion we formed on Jimmy as a player were based on a as people in baseball would say a very small sample size yeah where you know it's just very small I mean, it doesn't get much smaller like did Baker Mayfield's played more games Baker Mayfield's been in the league less than a year and a half how many commercials does Baker have right now i saw someone tweet like is it a little over the top here's the thing for baker when you're going to get that many commercials you know, we talked about people having a chip on their shoulder. The one thing NFL players have a chip on their shoulder about, and rightfully so, is non-quarterbacks who are good players are kind of envious of the – they're jealous slash, like it's kind of bullshit. that The quarterbacks get all the buzz. And it's one thing. They don't mind, like Tom Brady or Drew Brees. You hype those guys up. But it's like, you guys blow Jimmy Garoppolo? Like, what the fuck's he done? That guy gets $70 million? Baker Mayfield? You guys – PFF had him as like their fifth best quarterback in the NFL. Are you fucking kidding me? The, the the pride that I think teams get, like the Bengals this whole week, don't you think? The like the, the Kansas City when they're getting ready for for Derek Carr, Andy's not going like this guy's been put on a pedestal. He's not good enough. No, the conversation is this guy's beat us before. He's been a Pro Bowl level player. I've coached him at the Pro Bowl. We got to be locked in. I think the Bengals. If I'm the Bengals defensive coordinator, I go, who the fuck's this guy think he is? We're gonna pound his ass. Yeah. Not literally, figuratively. And we're just better than him. And he's the most overrated player in the league. Like, I think you could walk up to your guys and go, this guy's the most overrated player in the league. If you guys buy into the game plan, we'll kick his ass. And I, I don't even think, like, if that audio got out, let's say if the defensive coordinator, when he walked into the team meeting today for his defense and said that, I don't think anyone, people would be like, yeah, he's got a point. Well, did you see, I, no, and I, I think you're right. I think that stuff gets said. You would know. Um now you're talking about the Bengals. Did you see Vrabel after the game, after the Browns win, his locker room video? No, I, is it pretty good? It's good. I mean, it's not like Andy Reid dancing, but it's just good. And one of the things he says, and now maybe coaches say this all the time, but he, you could tell that he had told his team like they're gonna, they are gonna fuck it up. Like if you guys play a clean game, They'll they're gonna do out. some dumb yeah. shit. 
yeah, they'll just do some dumb stuff. If we play disciplined, we're going to win this football game. He didn't say it. I mean, but he kind of said it after the game, and it was clear that that was part of the message. It was like they knew they were playing a less disciplined team. There was a a shot of him guy on the sidelines after Greg Robinson kicked the dude in the face with the bicycle kick on the ground. Yeah. And they go to Vrabel and he does remember the Chris Peterson when uh when what's his Ian Johnson scores against Oklahoma, the double fist pump yeah. on the sideline. Vrabel did one of those when Greg Robinson really? got tossed out. So to me, I think they realize wow. that these guys are gonna fucking maybe mentally break and he was you don't usually see yeah. another coach celebrate a, a guy on the opposing team getting fu- kicked out, but he did. Because I would imagine, like you said, their message were, these guys are dumb. They're, they're, they play dumb. They're not, they're not disciplined, and they're not. I mean, they had 18 accepted, uh, accepted penalties. And I think the question right now on Jimmy, the other thing you'd say is, he will throw us the football. Because that's, that's what people are saying about Jameis. That's what people have to be saying about Jimmy right now, which I wouldn't have said after 2017 when they paid him. Like, that wasn't his M.O. It was he was really accurate. This guy was a playmaker. People keep kind of saying, like, Middlecoff, I think you're overreacting a little bit. I I don't, because what I see him play, I just, I don't see anywhere near what I used to see. And maybe the guy that I used to see I was looking at on rose-colored glasses, but I don't feel I well, was. Well, I don't think so, man. I. Uh, it's concerning. You know, I mean, it's, it, it is. It is. But let's transition it to Derek, because I would say Derek Carr Monday night looked like a different guy. And it's not that we didn't we didn't think he had it in him or we didn't we just didn't know and it's not even about completions he just looked so confident John I thought the first touchdown that Derek threw on Monday night was such a gutsy throw it was a hard throw and to me it's the throw that probably doesn't get completed if you're not throwing it with confidence and the fact that it's also a throw that could be picked so the fact that you would make that throw tells me you're playing pretty confident I thought he looked really really good it's the best game he's played in two and a half years. I mean, it's the best game he's played since he broke his ankle. And I don't even think it's close. When you factor in two things. One, everything that just happened over the last week. And let's not... People forget. I mean, I don't think Raider fans forget. But just the casual guy on social media. When it went viral, when AB was traded to him, he immediately went over to Derek's house. And they were hugging. And I, I think Derek feels like, I, I, I was so friendly with this guy. I took him and his kids down to Fresno State for my kid's birthday. We got the bounce house. Because Derek is a legit good dude. He, he's a very, he's as high level of a nice person. Like, I mean, truly a good human. Like, there, there's not blemishes for being a negative. Like, he, he's just nice. And it has to feel a little inside. Like, did I do something wrong? Like, fuck, what? I mean, this guy, was he just fooling me the whole time? I, I did everything possible. I'm the leader. I'm the quarterback. But, so that, so A-B thing. But then, like, the other elephant in the room for Derek, he has not played well in primetime games over the last several years. If you think about the famous Washington game, one of the worst games of his career. Last year, Monday night opening, was a dis- the second half was a disaster. Well, remember, the thing after the Washington game, too, was like, did somebody try to fight him in the locker room before the game? And the offensive line was mad at him, or whatever that deal. Yeah, it, was, it got weird. Whether then, it was true or not, who, you know, but... I've heard it 100% not true, I think, those stories, but it, it was weird. Then the next year, Monday Night Football, again, weird shit just happened. Khalil gets traded, but he throws three picks in the second half. And then the other primetime game last year is Thursday Night Football against the Niners. Nick Mullins kicked his ass. So he had to come out. And Vic Tafer tweeted before the game. He's like, Derek just walked by me. He, he's as serious as I've ever seen him. And I, when I saw that tweet, I chalked it up to, you know, it's week one, like whatever. 
but he came out. I don't remember just maybe his body language quite even looking like that MVP season. It was like, this motherfucker's on a mission. If he can play like that, I you're talking comeback player of the year. Cause they, yeah, they, I mean, that's and that's every team. Like That's all the flaws of the Niners. That's what we've been talking about. It's like, can Garoppolo cover him up? Now that we'll, well, well, I won't get to Jonathan Abram yet, but um, I think it's part of, and this is why in the last, the last conversation about Garoppolo, it's just like well, part of why I think if they were to really consider Mullins right now, they are so out of, out of their element. It's just young quarterbacks, quarterbacks that haven't played a lot. It just, it takes time and there are highs and then people adjust to you and you get hurt and you go through a lot. And if Derek can be not even just what he was Monday, but somewhere close to that, it changes everything for the Raiders. It changes well, everything, man. Well, there's a reason you pay your quarterback 25 to $35 million a year. They're the most important guy on the team for a while, for, you know, by a wide margin. If Derek is a Pro Bowl player, if I say he's a legit, like one of the AFC quarterbacks in 2019 are Brady, Deshaun Watson, and Derek Carr. Like th- those are your first three guys selected. Not fake ones when guys drop out, but those are your three Pro Bowl players. What would you say the Raiders' record is? I mean, 11, 12 wins? You, 11 oh, wins? You, see, I, I would say it's still just because their schedule could be like 9 or 10. Like if he throws I, I'd three. say, okay, 10. But you're right. I mean, why if he's throwing 40 touchdowns? Now he only had one touchdown in the last game, but he was Yeah, I, I'll he, stop at 11, but I'll say 10 wins. Yeah, why not? I mean, we see it every year that flawed teams have elite quarterbacks and you win 10, 11 games. Now the schedule is pretty crazy, but you just be like, "Well, why why couldn't they win at Packers?" What if De- if Derek throws four touchdowns against the Green Bay Packers, they could win. Packers got issues. Yeah, I mean, could they beat the Bears? What if the Bears can't score? I just, Derek- like, to me, with his skill set, just because he he can be dynamic physically, like, you can beat – who can't you beat if your quarterback is – Because even if your defense is bad, as long as you can keep scoring points. New England would be tough to beat. Kansas City. Well, yeah, of course they would. But I'm yeah. just saying, like, okay, you – sure, pick the two teams that we think will be in the Super Bowl. Then who? Well, I'd say the other thing that would be a question would be – in 2016, he was good on the road. Like, can he play well on the road? Because let's right. say they – do you think they like, – I, I think they have a chance this week against the Chiefs because just early in the season, they got a bunch of momentum. Now they lost, a, you know, potentially a couple of major players. I did see Conley was out at stretch, so maybe it just was an all-time freak out. He's, all, he's okay. I know okay. he tweeted he's fine, but I'm just – if he passes the concussion protocol, he might be able to play this week. It was one of those things that looked, you know – just like a travesty on the field. like Because for a split second, you think, God, this guy just get paralyzed. Right. And it's one of those when he, he raises his hands when he's getting carted off. You're like, well, they have to go through the precaution now. They're extra careful with this stuff. Turns out he's fine. Like there might have been a chance he just walked out of the hospital that night. Right. He's like, I feel fine. Uh, but they do have some talent. And if Derek's playing at a high level, now the problem is the Chiefs, like they play at high levels most games and they score like 38 points. Like, that was the thing. Like, the Raiders, like you said, they went through a quarter where they didn't score against the Broncos. That quarter would cost you 14-point swing against the Chiefs, right? right? Right, right, So this, if they were to beat the Chiefs, my guess of a score would be, like, 38-31 to 31 or something. Maybe they get, like, a turnover. But it wouldn't – you don't beat the Chiefs, like, we, we beat them 24-13. Uh, to 13. Like, they don't play in those games. I mean, like, if you were going to beat the Warriors – 
for the most part, over the last three or four years, you beat them when they were just not feeling defense, and you beat them like 128 to 121. Yeah, it'd be like, it, to me, the score you gave on the Chiefs would be like, okay, so you're telling me Pat Mahomes threw like four picks, three picks? Or just something like they get a strip fumble, right? Like a shady fumble. You yeah, know, basically, shady, you're telling shady me Shady carries second. it like a loaf of bread, so at any moment he can get stripped. Do I have Shady in my DraftKings? Time will tell. Well, they, I mean, they got a couple guys. Do you mean you're going to ride Josh Jacobs week two? Do I have Hardman, 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 whatever his name is, too? Yeah, man, maybe I do. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah, man, I, I look, it's it's uh, football is so much better to watch when your quarterback looks like that. Like, I, like Niners, okay, D-line, that's cool. I'll, I'll, I do, I enjoy that. It's not that. fun to watch Jimmy be shitty. It's no. just not. And it's not, and, the, and Derek, this version of Derek is like, oh, yeah, remember this? When it was like, is this guy going to be this one of the best players in the NFL? And think back, like, to the Sando article, where was he? Nineteenth, twenty-first, something like that. Yeah, I think he, I think he was still late in the teens, maybe eighteen or nineteen. But he was, yeah. but the arrow was pointing the other way. Yeah, and the arrow was pointing down, and the quote was bad. But if we go back to you know that MVP level year, he would have been in the top eight, top seven. Well, think about this guy. Week one, he was a top five or six performer at quarterback, right? If you said one, you, I mean, I don't even really count the Dolphins, but Lamar was fantastic. Dak, Wentz, Brady, like he'd be right there. Like just find me, like he went 22 or 26 and just dominated. I mean, it was just, and it wasn't just dump downs. He was averaging over 10 yards of throw. He To me, it was just some scrambling behind the line of scrimmage and dart throwing. Again, Derek, we haven't seen in a, two years. That, that to me was just, is this guy just a different human? Kind of like with Jimmy. It feels like Jimmy's a different human the wrong way. It felt like Derek was a different human the right way. Yep. I just wish that I just want them both to be good because I, I watch both them play. And like you said, it's more fun when the quarterback's good. No one wants to watch three and outs. Now, the one thing with Jimmy. But they'll listen to it. Yeah, they, they did throw. They did throw two touchdowns that were called back for Kittle. Well, thank God Kittle's fucking great, like you tweeted on Tuesday. God, he's a monster guy. Absolute monster. Someone's like, God, is he kind of T.O. like? I'm like, actually, like the tight end version, not a bad, because he's moving at warp speed. That's an underrated part of him. Like even Waller, Waller's a good athlete. But like when Waller gets the ball in his hands, I mean, he's a good athlete, so he moves, but he's not like flying around like a Kittle or a young Gronk or something. Or even like when Kelsey's get the balls in his hands, if your safety is not fast, you're like, is Travis going to score? Because that fucker just, his, he opens up the gate and you start sprinting. You're like, this guy's moving. Waller a little slower, but and I, I'm pro Waller. That's, I mean, that's I, I texted someone with the Raiders. I'm like, that's Al Davis would be proud. You know, you get a guy that's and the way they described him on the broadcast, the way they found him. I think it was last year or two years ago. He was on the the Ravens practice squad and was Gruden calling the game, or I don't know if he was calling the game or he's already on the Raiders staff. And he's like, saw him. He's like, whoa, who's that guy? And that's to me, those are cool stories. And the reason it's cool because that happens all the time, and it never amounts to a goddamn thing. This guy did have seven catches in his first game. Yeah, and I think seven for seventy. Uh, John, let's tell the people about Seat Geek. You're, you're doing a good job of selling some some tickets to a, to a Raider game. You're doing a good job. Get out to the Coliseum. I mean, look at this explosive well, I mean, offense, Middlecoff. Honestly, it'd be kind of a fun game to go to. Chiefs Raiders. I love I love SeatGeek. You love SeatGeek. We've loved SeatGeek for a long time. Um, to me, they make it so easy to identify where the good tickets are and avoid 
getting screwed by a bad bad spot or a bad value because that's the hard thing like if you haven't bought a house before i haven't i don't if i stepped out right now you go where's my good value so if you're not you know nose to the streets or ear to the grindstone or mix them both up every day buying tickets you go okay is that good value or bad value seeky gives you a big ass green dot like you're the middle linebacker when it's a good value and it's a red dot if it's not a good value it makes it so easy I didn't realize this, but I might have gone if I would have known they were playing. Is the Metallica played with the San Francisco Orchestra at Chase Center? Was it last yeah. Friday? That's a pretty badass concert. Elton John uh, this week. And it's not just a rocket man. Feel a deal for your freedom. That it's not just uh, games, guy. So you can go to baseball games. You can go to college football games. You can go to NFL games. It's concerts, and there are concerts, and I, you realize, like, no wonder Joe Lacob wanted this building. It's just concert after concert after concert. You're like, yeah, the Warriors are fun, but you should see these uh, margins for their concerts. And uh, go to them, because SeatGeek, download the app, promo code HAM, you get $10 off. It's pretty hard to beat. Again, download the SeatGeek app today, use the promo code HAM, $10 off your first purchase. I love SeatGeek. Yeah, love it. Love it. It's great. Get the app. Breaks down the details. Green dot good. Red dot bad. Very easy. You'll feel yeah, like a, you'll feel Ringo, like a hustle. Red stop. What about yellow? Uh, uh, promo Maybe. code ham, ten bucks off your first purchase. And you know what we always say about that? Share it with your friends. Yeah, tell them all. Tell them all. Tell them all. All right, let's just talk about the Raider game outside of Derek. Um, I know there was the report, Jonathan Abram looking for a second opinion. So uh, that would be devastating on a shoulder, John. That's a little alarming. All things considered, though. That, that's a that's a big blow, guy. If like he's out for the season, I mean he's clearly was one of their better players immediately, right? I mean even Baldy did a Baldy breakdown on him, like guy, and you just see him moving around. You're like, God, this guy's a fucking killer. That's a that's a big blow. There's that's I don't want to call it devastating, but that one hurts. I mean if he's legitimately out for the season, and that's what yeah. people wrote. That that part of the labrum surgery is why he's going for second opinions. I, I just saw. You mentioned Hunter Henry earlier. It yeah. just came across my ticker four to six weeks. So it's not oh, really? super. Like, it's not. That ain't Jonathan Abrams. You get the labrum surgery. See you in 2020. Well, and the problem, you know, even though we've talked about him, like, the, is a heart, is the big hitter in today's NFL. One thing I was pretty confident in after one game was like, he's going to, he like, he is, you watch me go, he belongs as a starter on this football team. You just feel him, bro. I like so, him. Maybe the game changed, but I, I never people player. even when I said that the pick. My only issue with the pick is his best attribute is just hitting people, and that is somewhat frowned upon in 2019, right? Like yeah. he, he had his best play. Well, I mean, he, it was an accident with Conley. It was, was a his freak leg. accident, too. but he also got penalized on the play. So they lost Conley because of a freak accident with his leg, but they did get they gave up 15 yards on that play on the sideline. As he killed, I, I don't know. Uh, I know you've seen him live, like Royce Freeman. When you kill Royce Freeman like that, Royce Freeman is not small. <laughs> that is not Matt Breda. I would imagine if you got Royce Freeman on the scale wherever he is in Denver right now, two thirty ish, two twenty five. Like he is, he is not small. And Abram killed him. Like Abram was. If he stayed on the field, if he had not got hurt, he was gonna break someone's ribs or something this year, right? Like, that was inevitable. Because Abram's that big. He plays that physical. Like he was going to injure someone and maybe get penalized while he did it, but he was yeah. going to hurt someone. Yeah. But, you know, uh, just give, give the team a little edge. Well, big time. You, you know what I like? What do you think of Max Crosby? I saw I saw a good tweet. 
Huh. Someone's like, the Raiders have already reached out to Reggie Nelson, but he was too slow to get to the phone call in time. <laughs> I was like, that, that's a good one. That's a good one. Max Crosby made some plays. Yeah, I thought their whole defensive – I mean, Cleveland Farrell had a sack and a hurry. Uh, they're All their guys, you know, the young guys, Carl Joseph just flies around. You know who actually I thought was the most eye-opening positive was Vontes Perfect. Yeah. He was, you know, a little sneaky after the – you know, play, kind of giving some elbow, which I think the Raiders kind of, you know, I think Madden and Al Davis would say, that's fucking what we want. Well, that's why I love Jonathan Abram. <laughs> yeah, I think they kind of like some of that, and Gruden definitely likes it. I, I thought Vontez was fantastic. They're, the, the hard part is this week with a guy like Vontez who can't cover, how do you use him against Andy Reid? Like, this is where you could take advantage of it against the Broncos because they're, who's he really going to have to cover? Because Abram was just going to be able to follow Noah Fant if they had to do it. And their running backs, like Philip Lindsay, for the most part, is a running back. And Royce Freeman is not a pass-catching back. That ain't the same thing with Andy. Like, they'll put, they'll get matchups where Travis Kelsey's on him, or Shady, or Damian Williams. Like, that. that's where you expose Vontez Burfick a little bit as a pass-cover guy. That's where I'm, you know, I'm not trying to anoint the Raiders, though my opinion has changed without AB. I think they could be decent. But I think we'll have a better view, like, if they even if they lost by like seven points this week, I think we could say like God, they they maybe they are a five hundred team if their offense can stay really good, right? Yeah, I mean this week to me is not what defines who they are. That's the simplest way to put it. Like, well, I I, I would say if they got if they got rolled, you would be like, well, it's just going to be an up and down year for them. Yeah, but, but if, I would if, say like does if Derek looks good, if their offense looks okay, and they just give up, I think it's hard to, to get team. rolled when Derek looks good though. Yeah, that the, would be my well, thing. I just think this Chiefs offense, if they if the Chiefs just don't ever punt and just end up scoring 41 points on you and it's like 41-28. Well, they don't have score, Cheetah. They don't have Cheetah. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, to me, there's a level where it's like, okay, you kind of hung around. In the end, their just offense is too good for your offense. Did you see how his injury is described? No. You oh. know, like, like Foles or, you know, when the collarbone or clavicle breaks, it just snaps, right? His shoulder blade was like jamming in to his neck. So it was creating a lot of pain, but it didn't snap. They just had to like yank it out. So they had to like, I think, create an incision and just move it back. But like Foles, it just snapped, right? He's just out. This yeah. guy, they thought, I think were scared at first. It, he broke his clavicle or his collarbone. Are those the same thing? I'm not a doctor, but kind of feel like they are, but I don't feel like they are. I'm not sure. His oh, I, I was like... Clav it completely moved the shoulder blade into a point that was like piercing pain. That's why they had to get him to the trauma medical center. But it's actually not a bad injury relative to what Foles got because it's not a season ender or anything. Or I guess even Foles isn't a season ender, but it's like a two-month injury. This is just like three to four weeks just because the pain was so extreme and then just a little surgery. But I don't think I've ever heard of this injury that he had. Because when he got tackled on the sideline by Jalen Ramsey – he just looked like a normal tackle. But then he got up, and you could tell he was like, ugh, just kind of squinting. And then they got him to the cart, and he just never came back. And then all of a sudden after the game, they're like, yeah, he's been taken to the hospital. And you're like, what? Because even Foles, like, showers at halftime and was out there watching the game the second half. Yeah. It was a weird deal. I always wonder when you're Foles, in Foles' situation as an NFL player, and you shatter a bone or something like that, the amount of pain you got to be in, I guess they, I'm sure, give you some pain relievers, but do you shower? I mean, you probably, because you're all sweaty, 
Yeah. But like, what if it's so painful? You're like, I, I can't even. Like, am I going to get naked with the sling? I don't know how that works. I've never had a sling. Or like a torn ACL. Let's say it's like the third quarter in a super hot, sweaty game. And you're just soaked. But you have a torn ACL. Like, do you shower? Or do you just go home and like have your girlfriend like bathe you like a child? You know, I don't know. I, yeah, I think you I've shower. always been fascinated by that guy. But yeah. what if you can't like walk? What if you've shattered your ankle? Let's use that. Yeah. Then or I, sh- I or shattered your arm where you're in so much pain, you're like, I can't get in the shower. Yeah, probably then you don't. Yeah, you just you just kind of take a cloth and just kind of wipe off. Um, but I don't envir- know. Back to the Raiders, though. Monday night, environment was great. Uh, I, I, I hadn't felt like that watching the Raiders in a while. I felt good. I thought it was a, it was credit where credit is What are you what are you gonna admit? I got one of those like what are you gonna admit? I'm like, yeah, I was wrong. They played way better than I thought they would. Like, fucking yeah, thank I God. Mean, yeah, I mean, hallelujah. <laughs> I, I I do I got a little nostalgic watching that game, thinking I remember this. We were at the last game of Candlestick, and you've been to a lot of games, a lot of these arenas now or stadiums that are just, I mean, they're a little fluffier, right? They've just got a lot of different restaurants and ability to drink wine. And I mean, AT&T park, I guess now it's Oracle park was really ahead of its time. There's now baseball is different, but there's so much shit to do there. You, you, you could literally go to a giants game and not watch one pitch and be like, God, I had a great time, right? Just yeah. walking around doing different shit, going to different things where the candlestick and definitely the Coliseum are the last of a, I mean, of a dead breed. Of just you just went there and all you were doing was watching football. And if you're you got a food item, it was like a burger, you know. And it probably wasn't that great of a burger, but you didn't even give a shit. You were just kind of hungry and you were gonna power it down. But there wasn't zero fluff. It's all football. Do you feel like when they do crowd shots at the Coliseum, it feels? And I don't mean like because it's just like the the rep. Just I feel like when they do crowd shots at the Coliseum, there's like no. All you see is people. You don't see anything else but just like a just like a everyone standing and you just see people and it just looks like it's I, the colors part of it because they're all wearing black. I think adds to it. It's yeah, pretty strong because most teams like eagle green or cowboy blue or niner red, like black is just it just feels a little tougher. Yeah, I, yeah, I, you're right. No, that's that's a good point. I just, but, I just feel like you don't see anything but people. Like there, there's crowd shots where you don't see any railings, you don't see any well, steps. Well, you that, don't that's see what any... I'm saying. That, that's what Candlestick and the Coliseum at night have. It's just, it is couldn't be any more of a dump, and it couldn't be any more sweet if you're there. You're like, this is fucking awesome. It's just football. That's it, guy. And that that's not going to exist in Vegas for sure. Did you see? I think I read this, or Darren Ravel tweeted it, or I don't know where it came across my timeline. They have done a partnership with esports. Like, they're going to have a video game area in Vegas. Like, Vegas is mm-hmm. going to have a lot of, you know, the bells and whistles. Like, all these new stadiums. It's not going to be football-y, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I guess Arrowhead has that a little bit, right? You get a night game at Arrowhead. It's just very football-y. And if you've ever been to Arrowhead, it's pretty bland. It's old. Okay. But there are, like, even the, the Eagles, there's still a lot to do there. I mean, they're sweet, like you know, the second row seating, there are a ton of bars inside, you know, giant stadium is, I just think that there's nothing like, I mean, candlesticks dead now. And the Coliseum is just, it's awesome at night. And when the place is just, and they're good, it's a special, special environment. That's I mean, the clock's ticking down. You and I have been to a bunch of games there. 
I mean, and there's those people have endured a lot of shitty games too, right? I mean, yeah. If, if you've been going to games since they came back to Oakland in the late '90s, you've seen some shit. Which is part of why it looks so amazing when they're good, is because it's it, it it like you've been waiting and waiting and loyal and waiting and loyal and loyal and loyal, and it's just. I think that's why you get so much more emotion. I saw uh, Dustin Fox. You get a great moment. Might have retweeted yesterday from like a fan, or maybe they had a caller that said he thought like the opening kickoff for the Browns game since they've come back was the loudest Browns games they've had hmm. that they've had since they showed back up. And he said, by far the quietest Brown game midway through the fourth quarter. Just the dejection, right? And I think that's – the Raiders, the expectation, I, I think what made it probably so fun on Monday night was there wasn't that much expectation. And then they come back, they come out, and they're just hitting them in the mouth. They drive down score. Their quarterback's looking sweet. They're like, we're fucking back! Well, fuck <laughs> it. And then the A-B, like the, the coming off the A-B, A-B thing. Where would, how many stadiums in the NFL of the 32 teams would you get fuck A-B? Uh, Two? What, Philly and Oakland? (laughs) You agree Philly would do that. Did you see the thing that went viral on Philly on the mom? No. So check out Barstool. They tweeted it yesterday. It's like a mom in the stands. And it's just her... It's her bitching and moaning about Carson Wentz. It's... It's pretty funny. Like, she's super pissed off. I'll bring up the audio. Someone tweeted it to me the other day. Or texted it to me. She's just so mad at him, like throwing do I still have it I don't know if I have it but she's sitting there with her kids and they're just furious it's it's funny it's funny I I can't find it you gotta watch it though it's like what the fuck is Carson doing checking the goddamn ball down fucking Carson move the fucking ball and her son's like her son her son is like mom that was a screen like what's he supposed to do she's like god fucking damn it Carson and you could—it was probably early in the game, down 14 points. And you know what? I, my first reaction was like, "Yeah, that's how fans talk. That's how I used to talk. That's how I talk now." If I got money on a game, like people get pissed. You know, I get mad still sometimes. When I don't even have a dog in the fight. That's how—that's what makes sports great. People get pissed. And, and you're not even talking about the fact that uh, an Eagles fan brought a Sean Taylor coffin to the tailgate. Did you see that video? No. I'm looking for the mom video, and I came across this video on the internet. Somebody at an Eagles tailgate had a coffin with a Sean Taylor jersey on it. And that seems a little extreme. Now, well, Mike Scott started did, a fight because... Oh, that's where, oh, that was in the tailgate where Mike Scott got in the fight. There was a coffin there. Think of the, think of the effort you'd have to make. That's right. That, okay, that's what was going on there. Got that it. That makes sense now. If you, I understand if I'm Mike Scott. Like, why do you have... This is, this is egregious. That's but insane. I, yeah, maybe I. So this story's probably been out there longer than I'm recognizing it. The Mike Scott coffin. I didn't know. Well, I knew the Mike Scott part. I didn't know there was a coffin there. I didn't either. But again, like, are we? Po- am I? Po- it, I might. Ju- I'm just reading some random tweet. Maybe it's not actually had anything to do with Sean Taylor. I might have just. Well, he was wearing a. Sean oh, he's Taylor wearing movie. a Sean Taylor. Okay, now it's coming together for me. Sorry, everybody. I'm, yeah. late. I'm like. Yeah, he's wearing a Sean late Taylor to party. Drink. Uh, but I can't find that mom video. Let's it doesn't. It doesn't one. matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. Well, time for lunch. All right. Later. Later. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.